your Bibles real quick. Grab your Bibles. Grab your Bibles. Turn with me to Second, or excuse me, First Chronicles chapter number sixteen. First Chronicles chapter number sixteen, and we're going to be in Psalm one hundred. Also, Psalm one hundred. If y'all want to just go ahead and go to Psalm one hundred and wait on me, uh, we, we'll we'll get there directly. We are preaching uh, the, the 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 last couple of weeks and the next few weeks. We are preaching on the subject instructions in worship. Instructions in worship. How many of y'all have figured out by now that, that, that you just can't worship any way you want to? Right. It's not up to us how we decide to worship a sovereign God. A sovereign God chooses how he wants us to worship him. Amen. And if we're going to be obedient, we got to do it the way he says to do it. Amen? Amen. And so here's what we're going to do. We're going to look at these. Last week we learned that when we come into his presence, when we come through the gates... Uh, when we come through the doors, he wants us to come with thanksgiving. He wants us to have a grateful heart. He wants us to come thanking him, thanking him for his goodness, thanking him for his mercy, for his mercy endureth forever. Amen. The Lord is good. He is good. The Lord is great. Say amen. And so we need to thank him. Well, today we're going to look at the next part, the next phase of worship that David instructs us in 1 Corinthians, or excuse me, 1 Chronicles 16, 7. It says, then on that day, David delivered first this psalm to thank the Lord uh, into the hand of Asaph and his brethren. Give thanks, you can read it with me. Give thanks unto the Lord, call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the people. Verse 9. Sing unto him, sing psalms unto him. Talk ye of all his wondrous works. Verse 10, glory ye in his holy name. Let the heart of them rejoice that seek the Lord. Verse 11, seek the Lord and his strength and seek his face continually. Verse 12, remember his marvelous works that he hath done, his wonders and the judgments of his mouth. Let's go back. To verse 9. This is where we're going to be preaching out of this morning. Verse 9. Sing unto him. Sing psalms unto him. Talk ye of all his wondrous works. Say that first line. First three words. Say it with me. Sing unto him. Say it again. Sing Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the privilege of being in your house. I thank you for a full house that's excited about hearing from you. God, I pray they will not be disappointed this morning. I pray that we'll hear from a holy God, a loving God, a merciful God who has saved us and sanctified us and put us on a, on a, on a place where we could glorify you. I pray that your perfect will be done. Don't let me forget anything I need to say and don't let me say anything I shouldn't say. I pray that your perfect will be done in this place. In Jesus' name we pray, all the redeemed, Amen. All right, you be, you be seated. You can be seated. <clears throat> Listen, uh, in Psalm 100, there is, is much to be said. There's much to be said about worship. And it says in Psalm 100, verse number one, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Joyful noise. Now, we, we learned last week, that that means a shrill sound, a ear-piercing sound. When we worship, when we sing, when we rejoice, when we thank God, we should do it loudly, loudly. Uh, now, why is that? There is a purpose behind that. How many of y'all know you sound better the louder you turn your radio up? 
Are y'all with me? The reason God said to sing that way, when you come together, sing that way, because God did not gift us all with the same singing gift. Matter of fact, he cursed some of us. We all don't sing alike, amen? We all don't sound alike. But there's something about getting together. There's something about when we sing together. There's something about when we sing loudly together. It doesn't matter if you can sing or not. Nobody can tell. So God made it so we all could come together and sing and worship him. Say amen. That is so great. Sing with a loud voice, he says. Serve the Lord with gladness. Now watch this. Now we came this morning to come into his presence. Y'all with me? We came, to, we, we came to worship and we came to feel him, honor him, praise him, be with him. Are y'all with me? Now he says when you come into his presence, this is the way, this is the way our God has chosen and decided for us to come into his presence. Look what he says, verse 2. Come before his presence with all five of you. Thank you very much. Come before his presence with singing. Singing. David Mathis, the executive editor for DesiringGod.org, he he wrote a column, and, and this is what he said. He said, while I cannot commend one keystone habit that will make the difference for every believer, I do want to speak up on behalf of one weekly habit that is utterly essential to any healthy, life-giving, joy-producing Christian walk, and that is corporate worship. Corporate worship. It is all too often neglected or taken very lightly. In our day of disembodiment and in our proclivity for being noncommittal, in fact, I do not think it is too strong to call corporate worship the single most important habit of the Christian life. Now, uh, corporate, the word corporate is defined as this, united in a body collectively as one. Did y'all get that? United in a body collectively as one. In other words, many Christians coming together as as one. And you're going to see that throughout this sermon, throughout this lesson, coming together as one. I've heard people say, well, I can worship God on the mountain and I can worship God out in the lake and I can do this and I, I, can, I, can, I don't need to come to church to worship God. Wrong. Wrong. Why do I know that? Because God commanded you to. Look what it says. Hebrews 10, 25. You don't have it up here, but let me just share it with you. Hebrews 10, 25. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. What does that say? We should not forsake coming together in corporate worship. We should never leave out. We should never think it's unimportant. We should never think that it is not a big deal. It is a big deal to come together as one and worship our Father. One of our founding church fathers said it this way. He found corporate worship powerful in awakening the spiritual fire. He said, at home, in my own house, there is no warmth or vigor in me. But in the church, 
when the multitude is gathered together, a fire is kindled in my heart and it breaks its way through. I'm telling you, I, I, I can have a big time in my office. Matter of fact, I had, 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 a, had a little hallelujah time this morning uh, listening to some music all by myself, just me and God. But there's something different about coming in here and standing right here and they break forth in song and we all break forth in song and we're all singing together. There is nothing like that. Nothing like that. The psalmist knew it. David knew it. Here is he wrote these words, Psalm twenty-two, twenty-two. I will declare thy name unto my brethren. Where? Watch this. In the midst of the congregation will I praise thee. My praise shall be of thee in the great congregation. I will pay my vows before them that fear him. He said in Psalms 35, 18, I will give thee thanks in the great congregation. I will praise thee among much people. This is corporate worship. Psalm 107, 31. Oh, oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Let them exalt him also in the congregation of the people and praise him in the assembly of the elders. What did David know? He knew it was important to praise and thank and worship and sing unto God. But it is a whole nother thing to come together with other Christians, with other, uh, listen, believers, other brothers and sisters in Christ. Come together as one and worship him. Listen, let me give you just a couple things about singing. About singing. I've heard every excuse in the world. I've heard, every, I've heard everything you could imagine people say about it, but let me tell you what the Word says about it. How many of y'all know that your opinion is irrelevant? As far as that goes, my opinion's irrelevant. We're not here to discuss how we feel about something. We're here to discuss what God's Word says about it. Are y'all with me? Feelings will get you in trouble. Mm-hmm. Because your feelings will change with the weather. Watch Facebook. I see these young people. They've been with somebody three and a half hours. He's the love of my life. And three days later, I hope he dies a horrible death eaten by fleas. Y'all with me? Don't trust your feelings. They'll lead you astray. They'll lead you astray. We stick with God's word, amen? amen? Here's three things that singing is. Singing, singing. If you're from the South, it's singing. Y'all with me? Number one, singing is worship. <clears throat> singing is worship. It's worship. Now, what about singing? Do we need to understand? Uh, this is the action that God chose. You got to get that. This is important. This is the action that God chose. In other words, a preacher... A music director did not come up with this idea. Y'all with me? God decided this is how he wants to be worshipped. This is how he wants to be approached. He says this, listen, in Psalms 30 verse 4, Sing unto the Lord, O ye saints of his. Give thanks unto the remembrance of his holiness. We read in Psalms 100, Come into his presence with singing. Do you realize there is over 500 verses in the Bible on singing? Over 50 direct commands in God's word from God for us to sing unto him. 50 direct commands. Now what is the difference? A command is not a suggestion. 
God is not saying, if you don't mind, he's saying, sing, sing, say it with me, sing, Sing. it's a command and it's the, it's the action, it's the way he chose, if that makes sense, say amen. amen, not only is it the action he chose, but it is a reflection of God's image, it's a reflection of God's image. How many of y'all know, we, we quote this all the time. We quote this all the time. Romans 8, 28, right? Uh, uh, for all things work together for good to them that love the Lord to them that are called according to his purpose. And then we read verse 29, his purpose. What is his purpose? For whom he did foreknow, he did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. How many of y'all know the moment you get saved, God starts working on you to become more like himself? He starts working on you. He starts taking things out. He starts putting things in. He starts bringing things in your life and taking things out of your life to conform you to the image of his son. God wants you to be like him. How how many of you know, maybe nobody's ever told you this, but how many of y'all know this, that God is a singing God? God sings. God sings. Zephaniah, I know y'all don't believe me, so I'm going to read it. Zephaniah 3.17. Zephaniah 3.17, the Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. He will save. He will rejoice over thee with joy. He will rest in his love. He will joy over thee with singing. Say it with me. He will joy over thee with singing. And the Hebrew word for singing there means loud. It means big. Are y'all with me? He is a big God. He's, it's like he's from Texas or something. <laughs> everything about him, everything he does is big. He's big. He wants you to sing big. He wants you to sing loud. Why? Because he wants you to be like him. The Bible says in the beginning that God created us in his image. In his image. Do y'all understand? Do y'all understand there is no other created being on this earth that has the ability, that has the skill to take words and put them into music. Why? Because God made us in his image. He didn't make the lion in his image. He didn't make the cow in his image. He didn't even make the birds in his image that sing with whistling sounds. But he made us in his image. And God is a singing God. And because God is a singing God, God wants his people to be singing people. Sing, sing, sing. The first first time we hear about singing, the first time it's recorded is when when the the, the nation of Israel came in Exodus chapter 15 when the nation of Israel came across the uh, uh, the Red Sea and God killed all the Egyptians, all the slave masters that had them in bondage and had them in slavery. And, 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 And Sister Miriam got a tambourine. Uh, we might need to buy one then, Brother Jay. Amen. Woo, yeah. A tambourine. She broke forth in song. And they got so excited. They had a party on the other side of the Red Sea. Why? Because they were free. Because what had them bound was now destroyed. And they're no longer slaves. And they're headed to the promised land. I'm telling you what. Our problem is we need to just break out in song. But do you know that's not the first time they're singing in history? That's not the first time it's recorded in Exodus 15. But the Bible is not in chronological order. Job is the oldest book in the Bible. And do you know that when in the book of Job that God is talking to Job and asking him where was he when he was creating everything? 
Where was he when he laid the foundation? Where was he when he put everything into order? And the Bible says, while God was creating everything, the morning stars and the sons of God, which is the angelic host in heaven, were singing while he was creating. He would say, let it be, and it was. And they'd break forth in song. He'd create a mountain and create a river and create an ocean. And they'd get so happy about it, they'd break forth in song. So not only does God sing, but the angels sing. Yeah. So God wants us to sing. Y'all with me? You see, it's the action he chose. It's the action he chose. Not only that, it's a reflection of God's image. And I love this one. It invites his presence. Singing invites his presence. So, oh, it's just when we gather together. I don't know about that. I know about a lot of crowds that get together and they're big crowds, but God ain't there. But they something. (laughs) Oh, mercy. Hallelujah. Psalm, I'm telling you, it's good right here. Watch this right here. Psalm 22, 3. But thou art holy. O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. I looked up that word inhabit. Webster's Dictionary says to live or dwell in. To occupy. Hallelujah. To occupy as a place of settled residence. And it gives this, it gives this illustration. Wild beasts inhabit the forest. Fishes inhabit the ocean. Lakes and rivers and men inhabit cities and houses. But God inhabits our praise. What does that mean? That means when we go to singing, when we go to praising, when we go to thinking, it says that God will come in and settle in amongst us. Amen. Are y'all with me? Isn't that good? Watch this right here. This is even better. This right here. Watch this. Second Chronicles 5.13. This is at the dedication of the temple that Solomon, Solomon built. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Yeah. They built the church. They built the temple. Listen, finally, there's a settled place. Finally, they, the, 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 the Ark of the Covenant has, has traveled around in, a, in a, a portable tent in the tabernacle, but now it has a place. And this place is an incredible place. But how many of y'all know the house of God is not the house of God till God inhabits the house? Listen, a steeple doesn't make it the house of God. A pulpit doesn't make it the house of God. Chairs don't make it the house of God. Listen, this platform doesn't make it the house of God. It is not the house of God till God inhabits the house. Now watch what happened. They're dedicating this thing. They're dedicating this new temple. Now watch this. What what, what is corporate? What is corporate? It means many united as Many united as one. We come together and there's a bunch of us singing as one. Watch this right here. Watch this right here. It came even to pass as the trumpeters and the singers were as one to make one sound to be heard in praising 
and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voices with the trumpets and the cymbals and the instruments of music and praised the Lord saying, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever, that then the house was filled with a cloud, even the house of the Lord, so that the priest could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord had filled the house of God. You want me to tell you what we need? We, we need to come together as one. And we need to come and thank Him as one. We need to come to praise Him as one. We need to say the Lord is good for His mercy endureth forever. And we would come together in worship. God will fill the house. Say, so why is that so important? Because this broken world needs to know that there is a real living God. They need to stop going to churches that have false advertising on the sign. They need to go to places that have power and have the presence of God. Because it's only the presence of God that's going to change things in this world we live in. Yes, amen. Listen, singing is worship. Say it with me. Singing is worship. It's the worship he chose. But not only is it worship, it's also warfare. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's warfare. Throughout the Bible, you'll find, let me give you a couple of illustrations. And I got to hurry because I want to get to that last one. We got to get that last one. We have got to finish today. Say amen. Singing is warfare. There was a name, listen, King Jehoshaphat. Now, that right there is enough to make somebody mad be named that right there. Amen. I don't know what kind of wine his parents were drinking when they come up with that name. But King Jehoshaphat was in a bad way. Uh, Listen, the Moabites and the Ammonites, they had come against Judah, and they were outnumbered. It was looking bad. Bad. I'm talking about, this is over. We're done. The enemy is in our eyesight. How many of y'all have faced the enemy? Listen, 2 Chronicles 20, verse 14. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed. Come on. -uh. I might have gave y'all the wrong one. 2 Chronicles 20, 14. 14. That's not what I got. 21, 21, that's what it is, that's what it is. I started with 14, but it was way too much to put on there, amen? 21, 21, if we can find that. If we can't, I can read it. Oh, yeah, no, no. <laughs> Let me just read it. Let me just read it. Believe me, it's in here. It's in here. It says, and when he had consulted with the people... He appointed singers unto the Lord. Say that with me. He appointed saints. Now, what is he doing? We're facing the enemy. We've got the enemy outside the gates, and they're about to attack. Now, you would think he'd call up the National Guard. But what does he do? He appoints singers unto the Lord that they should praise the beauty of holiness 
As they went out before the army and to say, praise the Lord. Say it with me. Praise the Lord. Say it again. Praise the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. And when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. What does that mean? That means they got together, put the choir out front. Not with swords and not with spears and not with weapons of our warfare. But they got out and they began to sing about a great God. They began to praise the God of heaven. And they began to understand that what is on the outside of the gate is not greater than what we have on the inside of the gate. And they began to praise God. And God got so excited about it, he wiped out the army. Listen, singing is warfare. It's warfare, A, if you're taking notes, when you are facing the enemy. Singing is warfare when you are facing the enemy. How many of you know you have an adversary? Peter said it this way, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, is as a roaring lion, and he roameth about seeking whom he may devour. The devil is on your trail. The devil wants to destroy you. The devil wants to take your life and ruin your life and take away your potential. And when he gets on your trail, maybe you need to quit whining about it and start singing about it. Maybe you need to break forth in song saying, I'm redeemed by love divine, glory, glory. Christ is mine. All to him I now resign. I've been redeemed. Go back to hell, devil, where you came from. There's something about singing. There's something about singing. Son, you can hum you a tune and start singing and it'll put the devil on the run. Singing is warfare. Singing is warfare, not only when you are facing the enemy, but when you find yourself in bondage. I go to the New Testament. I go to the New Testament, and you find Paul and Silas in prison. Y'all with me? They've got stripes on their back. They've been arrested for, for just preaching the truth. And they are here in prison. And the Bible, the Bible says about midnight. Acts 16, 23. Acts 16, 23. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and they sang, say it with me, and they sang praises unto God and the prisoners heard them. Say amen. You need to sing where somebody can hear you. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's bands were loosed. Are you bound this morning? Have you found yourself in a predicament? Have you found yourself in a place where you can't shake it? and you can't get it out of your life? Do you feel like you're in bondage? Does the devil have you bound? Well, honey, break forth in singing. Break forth in song because there's something about singing that gets God excited and God will show up on your behalf and God will cause an earthquake and break you out. Yeah, maybe we need to sing some more. Quit complaining. 
and go to singing. They had every reason in the world. Brother Jalen, they had every reason in the world to complain and whine. They've been preaching the gospel. Now they're beating stripes on their back, thrown in the bottom of the prison. But that old gospel preacher waited to midnight. Said, why did he wait to midnight? That's when everybody shut up. Because he wanted them to hear him sing. (laughs) Why? Number three. And this is the one I wanted to get to. How many of y'all know and you can see that singing is worship? Come on, get with me, guys. Singing is worship. God picked it, not me. God chose it. God chose. That's the way he wants you to come to his presence. But singing is also warfare. We can fight the devil with singing. We can fight despair with singing. But listen, this is probably the most important thing I want you to get. And this is why I'm so burdened. This is what's been bothering me for so long. And I believe this is why God is wanting us to go the direction we're going and, and, and to preach on this and to teach on this and to encourage this. Because singing is also a witness. A witness. Let me read you a verse and I want to show you a video. <clears throat> Psalms 40. Psalms 40, <clears throat> verse 1. I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined unto me. That means he came my direction. <laughs> oh, don't get sidetracked, son. Move right along. He heard my cry. How many of y'all remember that day he heard your cry? He brought me up also out of a horrible pit. How many of y'all remember where you was when God found you? Out of the miry clay. What's miry clay? It's slipping and sliding. You can't get no footing. You can't fix yourself. This, this clay is some miry. You, you, can't, you can't help yourself. You can't get out all on your own. So he came to where you was. He brought me out of that miry clay. He set my feet upon a rock. And he established my goings. Now, everybody is proud that now I'm stable. Now I have a foundation. But you have forgotten verse number three that says, he has put a new song in my mouth. He has put a new song in my mouth. If all you ever do is sing them old songs, if all you ever do is sing your cheating heart, and there's a tear in my beer because I'm crying over you, dear. Listen, you got major problems. If your song hasn't changed, if you haven't gone on over to amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. All my hope is in Jesus. He put a new song in my mouth. Even praise unto our God. Why? Why? Why would he do something like that? Watch what it says. Watch what it says. Even praise to our God. Do we have that on here? Please tell me. Please let me get that right. Amen. Watch this. Even praise unto our God. What's that next word? Say it again. Say it again. Say it again. Many shall see it. See what? Me singing. Me praising. Me worshiping. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. Singing is a witness. (laughs) 
y'all, y'all, y'all tender folk who are easily offended, put your seatbelt on. I got a verse for you too. Great peace have they which love thy law and nothing shall offend them. If you are easily offended, you ain't been in the word enough. So I'm just warning you right now. All right? Singing is a witness. What does our singing do? It tells us what we think about the one we're singing to. Y'all with me? What does a lost world What does a lost person who comes in these doors, what are we witnessing to them about the one we're singing about? By the way we worship. Watch this right here. Can we, let's do that first. This is a Brooklyn Tabernacle. Me too, brother. When I think about all the Lord has done in my life, He is worthy. And I know you can say the same. Come on, let's sing. We stand and lift up our hands. Watch him. Watch. Watch him. Look at the crowd. Look at the crowd. They're clapping, they're singing, they're engaged. All right, that's good. That's good. But watch this. Look at this guy. Ah, put it back. Look at that guy. Everybody, we stand and lift up our hands for the. And I'm always out of, my wife gets on to me all the time. Don't follow me, follow Jalen when you're clapping, amen. <laughs> they up here laughing, making fun, I, they do it all the time. Mocking the man of God, trying to stay in rhythm. <laughs> Bless God, I'm doing it though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But look at this guy. I can't look at this guy. Look. Look, look. What is he testifying? You mean tell you what he's testifying? My wife made me come today. When is this going to be over? Now watch. This is the oddball in the group. But you know what? In most churches today, he would be the norm. And the one singing and the one engaged and the one clapping would be the oddball. No wonder lost people don't want what we have. No wonder little children and young people are not excited about the house of God. They're not excited about coming and hearing God's word and being in the presence of God and the singing and the worship of his people. Because the movie house is more exciting. The ball field is more exciting. Listen, the game, the track is more exciting than what we produce here in the house of God. 
we should be ashamed because our singing is a witness. Look at this next one. This is the saddest thing you'll ever see. Singing about a bunch of nothing. Yet they're singing to the top of their lungs. They are engaged. They are excited over garbage. And we come in here. We've been saved. We've been delivered. We were in the miry pit, a horrible pit, and God heard our cry, and he took us out of that pit, and he put us on a solid foundation, put a new song in our mouth. When a a lost person comes in this house, they ought to see people, whoa, let's get it. I'm glad I ain't going to hell. The reason some of y'all don't get excited about because you don't know what it's about. If you'll break out your Bible and read about hell and then read about heaven, honey, you'll get excited. Yeah. Amen. We need to sing. I, 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 look, at, look in Revelation 4 and 5. You know what we're going to be doing when we get to heaven? Singing. Singing. We're going to be singing a new song. (laughs) Singing. I begged you. I asked you and I begged you three or four weeks ago to learn a song. Get them ready, Jay. Get them ready. I begged you to help me and learn this song because I think there's a lot of reasons that we don't get engaged, some of us, because we may not know it. But I gave you four weeks. And I gave you the song and the links and all that to it. I hope you, I hope you help me with that. Because I want you to stand. And we're going to sing, Behold Our God. Hey, 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 everybody. Hey, everybody. Don't be this guy. That's it, Steve. Put your hands down. I saw it. Steve went. I want you to sing. How many of y'all are saved? Come on, raise your hand. Saved ain't ashamed of. Then sing like it. Y'all that can really sing, sing loud for us that can. Because we're fixing to let her fly. Are y'all with me? Let's sing and worship just a little while. Hey, we did this service on purpose. We're not late. We're not late. We, 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 we did it on purpose to be able to do what we're doing. So don't get excited and think you're going to miss Shoney's, all right? Everything's going to be all right. Let's worship. Brother Jalen. Your heart, guys.
Sing from your heart. We're worshiping. We're worshiping. has held the oceans in his hands who has numbered every grain of sand kings and nations tremble at his voice all creation rises to rejoice Behold our God, and seated on His throne, and come let us adore Him. Behold our King, and nothing can compare, and come let us has given counsel to the Lord and who can question any of his words who can teach the one who knows all things who can fathom all his wondrous deeds behold our God is seated on his throne and come let us adore him behold our king nothing can compare and come let us adore him has felt the nails upon his hands wearing all the guilt of sinful man God eternal humble to the grave Jesus Savior risen now to reign behold God seated on his throne and come let us adore him behold our king nothing can compare well come let us adore him you Behold 
Come, let us adore Him. Behold our King. Nothing can compare. Come, let us adore. Oh, let us hear you now. Behold our God seated on His throne. And come, let us adore Him. Behold our King. Nothing can compare. Come, let us adore Him. Come on, worship Him. Give Him praise and glory. I feel it. There's no reason. There's no reason they all can't be like that. Why are we here? We're not here to take up space. We're not here to, 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 to check off our spiritual checklist for the week. We're here to behold our King. We're here to behold His glory. David said, this one thing have I desired. And that will I seek after. I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. He said, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. Choir, did y'all appreciate when they sang with you? Did they appreciate it? Listen, these guys, these guys come and practice every week, hours and hours and hours to, 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 to lead y'all into singing. And when you're this guy, these guys up here have done all that practicing and they're wanting you to join them in singing to our king. When all they see is people unengaged, People uncaring. I'm not talking about lost people. They don't know no better. I'm talking about born again children of God who come in here like a knot on a log. Church, do y'all y'all appreciate your choir? You appreciate your choir? I'm gonna go out on a limb. I'm gonna go out on a limb. I'm going to go out on a limb and say this. They, they appreciate that, but they'd appreciate even more if when they come and sing, you sang with them. I'm telling you, there's something that jacks you up and excites you even more when you're connected in the thought and in worship. We're a witness, guys. I don't want one lost person to ever again come into this building and think, 
I want them to come in and say, dear God, what's wrong with these people? My father, my father's testimony, my father's testimony, he can't remember one word the preacher preached the night he got saved. Not one word, not one single word. I said, why did you get saved? He just said, I wonder what they had. If they said we ate Mexican before church, guess where he'd have been? <clears throat> he wanted what they had. Because when they sang, they worshiped. And they sang from the heart. They worshiped with thanksgiving and praise. My dad was a hellion. And he, he thanked God that God took him from where he was. To put him into the house of the king. Wow. We're going to sing a verse. Of, I guess. What time? I don't even know what time it is. We got time for a verse of invitation? Listen. If, if my altar workers come, if you need to be saved, maybe that's why you're not singing. You ain't got nothing to sing about. Well, if, you'll, if, if, you, if you're here in this building and you're not saved, if you'll come, we'll, we'll take a Bible and show you how to be saved and give you something to sing about. Maybe you're still in that pit. Maybe you're still slipping and sliding in the miry clay and you need someone to take a Bible and show you how to get on a firm foundation so you can get a new song. Yeah. Will you come? We're going to sing a verse of invitation, whatever you want to do, Brother Jalen, whatever you want to do. We're going to sing this verse. We're not going to drag nothing out, but if you need to come, maybe you just need to come and worship a minute. Maybe you just need to come to altar and thank God for being good to you as we sing, as we sing. I'm forgiven sing, sing, sing. because you were forsaken. Yes, sing. Lord, if there's someone lost, say I'm accepted. If there's someone that don't know you, Lord, don't let them you leave. You were condemned. It's Jesus, 